Hi everyone, welcome to our executive order. This is Natalie and I'm joined by Ada. And today we're going to be talking about Veterans Day. We're celebrating Veterans Day to pay tribute to veterans on and off Western's campus. We wanna highlight the experience of what it's like being a veteran on Western's campus and how their experience is different from the non-veteran student. First, we're going to be talking about a lot of common veteran experiences on campus and common struggles, and Ada's going to be talking about that. Thanks, Natalie. So we sat down and talked with Bambi, who is the AS Veteran Community Coordinator for the Veterans Outreach Center at Western. And so basically, she's the student side of the main office on Western's campus that supports veterans here at Western. And she said, veterans are non-traditional students that are a protected minority under the law. We tend to be older, have families, and a broader worldview. A veteran is any person who served in any of the branches of the U.S. military, Army, Navy, Marines, Air Force, or Coast Guard, and were discharged under honorable conditions or passed away while on active duty. We also have reservists and some active duty people and dependents. So that would be spouses and children of veterans who go to school here using GI benefits. And just to play off that a little bit, we also include under the non-traditional student thing at Western, any student that's older, undocumented, first generation, those are all considered non-traditional because they don't fit into the normal mode of, you know, coming to, to college right after graduation. And there's some unique challenges that present themselves because of that. And so talking a little bit about Western, Western is a very liberal school in general. We have historically, even going back to the Vietnam War, we had one of the most prominent protests. If you go back and look at all the newspapers, we had some very strong protesting of the Vietnam War. So we're pretty anti-war, which is not, I don't think, a controversial position to take. We've also more recently, we're part of the Here to WW, which is talking about gun violence in general. And it was multiple campuses across the United States got involved in that. And it was based on young activists' interviews, and then they made it a whole play together. And it was created specifically for Western. And we also lack a memorial sculpture for veterans on campus, which is usually something that most campuses have. I do know that on the south side of campus, there's one for World War II veterans, but in general, there isn't one for all veterans. And so I think that kind of speaks to Western's opinion, not necessarily about veterans, but about the military in general. And so talking about the veterans that I have interacted with on campus, there's really not a common major, in my opinion, for veterans. And I think we put them into categories that we shouldn't put them in. So just for my, my personal experience, I, when I was getting involved in a club, I sat down and talked to a veteran next to me. And she was a Fairhaven major, and she wanted to go in and have like a clothing business after she graduated, which is not a typical major you'd associate for someone coming right out of the military. But we shouldn't put them in boxes, and they're, they're involved in every aspect of majors here at Western. They just probably got here a little bit slower. And there's many reasons for that that we'll go into later of why veterans have that specific experience. Veterans on university have a different academic experience that is shaped by their service and other factors. For many students, veterans attending university is the first formal academic experience since high school. And this is a different adjustment that many people face when transitioning from high school straight to college. It has been reported that some veterans feel more disconnected and don't feel as though they have much in common with traditional students or students that have found higher rates of health risk behaviors such as substance abuse, psychological disorders such as PTSD among vets in college, and that students have cited problems for vets adjusting to campus life again. 
Although there are many barriers that veterans may face, it is said that the perseverance, determination, integrity that is required by military service translates well to strong character and academic achievement. And just to speak to that, from my personal experience, my father was in the U.S. military. He did so because he dropped out of college. It just wasn't the right time for him. And he needed something to pay for college after that because he had amounted a lot of student debt from that experience and something to, you know, just get set on track again. So he joined the U.S. military for two years, which you have to do much more years than that now. But he went to the Gulf War and came back and he rejoined the Army when I was in middle school and right after 2008, the financial crisis. And one thing that you can say about the military is that they're always hiring. That's partially bad, partially good in that they offer a lot of jobs and that it's Unfortunately, that's the only kind of job that you can find. And that was the job that he could find at that point in time. So we moved to South Korea for two years, right before middle school. And then when I moved into 10th grade, I moved to Italy for three years and lived on a military base throughout high school. So I have a lot of personal connection with the military. So I might be biased a little bit, but I also have a lot of experience with the military. So it's a really important topic to me. And then to talk a little bit about military recruitment and its effects, people that go into service, I have been recruited by the military before. I went partially through the process and then stopped for a variety of reasons. But to also put in perspective, since I went to school on a military base, every single person I was in high school with had a, a parent that was in the military or some way connected with the military. So around 50% of my graduating class have gone into the military in some way, shape or form. And a lot of them see it just as something that you just do because it's part of your service to your country, it makes them proud. If you're seen as not like academically smart, it might seem like your only way to get good healthcare benefits, support for your family after you graduate. And it's just seen as something that you do. And so even some people that I've seen go to college for a year have dropped out and gone back into the military because it's something that's familiar to them, which I don't think the military some is sometimes familiar to everyone at Western. So it's definitely a different, different experience for veterans coming to Western as a whole. The nature of the military's recruitment strategy is shaped by their demographics and raises questions about the lack of universal basic needs and services, benefits interacting to encourage vulnerable and underserved communities that seek out military service opportunities. The military often targets recruitment of young Black, Indigenous, people of color. For example, a 2017 Department of Defense poll of young people showed 49% of survey respondents indicated to join the military. One reason for doing this would be to be able to pay for a future education. Right after um, Bush was president, he allowed military recruiters to have the same access as college recruiters on high school campuses. So this meant there was a huge uptick in like the number of military recruiters talking to 17 and 18-year-olds who maybe hadn't talked about the FAFSA yet or other need-based scholarships maybe just didn't think that they could get them. There wasn't enough knowledge or they weren't smart enough to go to college. And so some people think, you know, I'm going to take a few years off, join the military, come back when I have some lived experience and actually know what I want to do. And it's unfortunate that that seems like the only thing that's pushed from people. If you look at the Whatcom Peace and Justice Center's website, they have a really great list of opportunities like AmeriCorps that you can do to serve your country in a different manner that's maybe not militarized and war-related which doesn't, it's honestly not a fit for everyone, in my opinion. According to the fiscal year 2017 population representation of the military services report, the report indicated that nearly 20% of military members come from neighborhoods with median household incomes of $40,115 or less. 
2017, the median U.S. household income was 60,336 reports from the United States Census Bureau. To talk about this a little bit, it's mostly young white men that are in the military, but BIPOC young men are also heavily recruited. And this is because those are usually the demographics that don't think that they have another option besides um, either, you know, college going to the workforce or going into the military. And the military is a seems like a good option for people, I think, when they haven't had any other experience besides high school. And then furthermore, military service can offer an accelerated path to citizenship. So Modern day recruiters sell the idea of an experience that is often resonates more with poorer students because for many service with an honorable discharge can mean a free ride to college or potentially a path to citizenship. Only the U.S. Immigration and Naturalization Department can grant citizenship. The military can accelerate the process. And as you all probably know, the immigration process to get citizenship is really long. So anything that can speed that up a little bit would be, you know, very attractive. This effort to offer citizenship as an incentive for military services started conversations around creating citizenship paths for undocumented service folk. According to the National Immigration Law Center, numerous versions of the DREAM Act legislation would have given undocumented immigrants who immigrated as children a path to citizenship if they were to attend college or serve in the military. However, at the same time, a striking number of U.S. veterans have faced deportation. A U.S. Government Accountability Office report revealed that an estimated 92 veterans were deported from 2013 to 2018, but the numbers are far larger according to the group of deported veterans. Many say they've been forced to live in exile without medical care for the injuries they sustained in war. So why is it important to talk about these things? The enlistment agreement is important to talk about specifically for college students. I think on Western's campus, from my experience, you know, students get texts from military recruiters all the time here at Western. Something I learned recently is that Western's the only school that doesn't give emails. They give personal phone numbers, which is an interesting thing to think about. And you might be like attracted to join the military, especially if you're in college, if you get college degree, you can join as an officer, which means you have a much higher pay grade, more likely to succeed at, at the military as a career path. And so you really should have full information. I don't think there's anything wrong with serving in the military, if that's the path that you want to take. But you should know of all of the things that will happen to you and get educated before you sign anything, because it's all very legally binding. And I know this doesn't really necessarily feel like real life in college right now, but it will be very, very real once you go through boot camp. And I know that there's a lot of financial incentives. If you sign up, you can get GI benefits to help your kids go to college one day, which I know is like a staggering thought to have. But it's important to think about that. Specifically for high school students, um, it might feel like a good idea to talk to a recruiter. I know like a personal family friend of mine did not want her child to speak to any military officials. So she turned in like a slip to the high school asking, you know, for her child not to be talked to at all, which is something you could totally do. The same thing with, I know when you have to graduate in Washington, you have to pass a certain bar of like as either the SAT or the ACT. If you're maybe not strong on math, the ASVAB, which is the military, basically tests whether you'd be good in the military or not, does not have a strong math section of the, the test. So people might be tempted to take that. But just so you know, you will be immediately entered in a lot more recruitment strategies because you've, if you do well on that, you will be targeted a lot by it and maybe you will sign up for that. So that's why it's important to talk about it and also talk about, you know, the military separate from veterans. Veterans, you know, maybe some of them knew what they were doing when they signed up for the military, but the decisions that legislators have made for them have created the system and what they have lived in. So I think when you're thinking about the military in general, don't blame 
veterans, blame the people that have created the system, that still fund the system, and have made some of the issues that veterans face. I've taken multiple classes at Western around the um, war, and especially service members that were in wars that are farther in the past have made it really hard to get compensation for PTSD. You see all the time about like the number of veterans that are homeless now. And that really speaks to maybe the military doesn't provide a lot of skills training that will help you after college. And they should be doing more to make sure that veterans after they leave don't feel as alienated from the society that they enter that they were trying to protect originally. So when you're thinking about Veterans Day, think about it from the positives of, you know, supporting veterans in your life and thinking about this whole process as a whole, critiquing that process, but also also thinking about what, what you can do to make sure veterans have a better future. And so I'm going to toss it over to Natalie to talk about some of the resources on Western's campus. Thanks, Ada. Yeah, on Western's campus, um, we have two offices that exist to support veterans in the AS, which is what the OCE is, and also we have the Veterans Outreach Center, which is what Ada mentioned earlier. Bambi is a veterans community coordinator and a great person to reach out to. Her email is as.veterans at www.edu, and we'll also link that in the description. But the Veterans Outreach Center works to coordinate events and foster community among student veterans. They offer some really great services, including um, information on veterans' benefits, advocating for veterans at Western, working to help veterans find jobs and other work-study opportunities, volunteer opportunities. They also put on social events, information fairs, and workshops for and about veterans. They're in the CERC office, so you can find them under the CERC website, which we'll also link as well. In the broader Western context, we have the Veterans Service Office, or the VSO, which works very closely with the Veterans Outreach Center. It's just a broader Western office rather than just within the AS. The VSO works to support our military-connected student population with resources that foster academic success. Similar to the VOC, the VSO works to help veterans receive their benefits, offer support, and advocate for veteran needs on campus. So definitely be sure to check those out. We'll link both their websites and contact information in this in the description the people that work in those are there to support you so if you think that they could help you in any way definitely reach out to them they are great as we had talked with bambi about what veteran experiences are like on campus she highlighted a few ways that non-veterans can be involved and what non-veterans should be aware of for veteran students she highlighted the fact that veterans often feel alienated on campus and feel disconnected from non-veterans just because of the different life experience they have among other things and according to the va non-veteran students lack knowledge of history and because of this veterans have experienced intrusive or un pleasant interactions with their non-veteran peers. The VA also writes that veterans often report difficulty connecting socially with traditional students who are less likely to have firmly established vocational, social, and family roles beyond the perception that traditional students are just kids. The military has been a way of life for veterans and the less structured role as a student may not be as familiar. So they're going from like a really intense job in the military to a student life with people who are just out of high school and that social difference can be really hard to deal with. There's a divide that makes it harder for veterans to feel as though they can relate well to non-veteran students as there is a huge difference in life experience. It's important to foster understanding and recognize the struggles that veterans face on a campus with people who may not understand that as well. 
It's really important to realize that we do have a veterans population here. They're part of our community. They're in every aspect of our life on campus at Western. And we need to be aware that veterans are around and they have a lot different life experience that make it difficult to relate to non-veteran students. So it's important to recognize these issues as something that Western students do face. I just remembered a story when I was 18, just graduated high school. I was working as a field organizer for a nonpartisan organization registering people to vote. And I was in charge of our intern class. I helped manage our intern class. And one of our interns was 30 years old. And he was a veteran who had relocated to Montana after serving his military time. And I was like his manager. As an 18-year-old, I was managing this person who's 30 years old. Being 18 years old, managing somebody who was 30 and had this life experience of being a veteran and moving around the country and being deployed was really interesting. And he was learning great experience, or he was like learning great things in this internship, gaining a lot of great experience for the field he was hoping to get into. But it was really difficult for him to be in this internship with a bunch of 18 year olds or people who were like in their freshman year of college. And just being aware that those things exist for people, even if they're off campus, like doing work and things like that, they're still in a vastly different life experience than a lot of other people. And it can be really uncomfortable. And yeah, it can make it hard to feel like you're in the right path when everyone around you is so different. So it's important to make sure that we foster welcoming communities and make those spaces left less uncomfortable than they sometimes automatically feel like. Yeah, I think that's a great story. It's what I think about when I think about military service. After you come out, maybe sometimes it feels like you're starting all over again or starting from the bottom. Mm -hmm. So for in your instance, you were already pretty advanced at 18 within that class. You weren't an intern. And he at 13, at 30, not 13, mm -hmm. had to start at the whole, the bottom stage of his career path. So just thinking about how you can be inclusive. I know that we're a pretty young campus, but usually college campuses across the United States that are public institutions have more of a diversity of age within their college. And just being prepared for once you leave college, it's not going to just be 18 to 23 year olds all the time. It's going to be a large group of people and just being a kind human who understands that everyone has different life experiences is so impactful to being successful. So thank you for sharing your story, Natalie. And I think it's important to point out, I've been to the Veterans Resources Center and talked to the head of it, and he said that there's around 1,000 student veterans or veteran-connected students at Western, which if you're thinking about 16,000 student population, that's a pretty high number. One in 16 people that you meet have probably connected with the military in some way. And for when we ever go back to classes in person, or if you're in a breakout group with a veteran, just thinking about like... With any, any disenfranchised group, how you can be more thoughtful and show care for someone who maybe is unsure of the process or hasn't been to school for a long time, or this process is especially stressful for them because maybe they were in the military for 15 years and they're having a really hard time figuring out how to do college again, which I, I do not know how I could have, like writing a paper after being out of not writing papers for 10 years would be so hard. And so I know that's not a super serious note to end on, but I would like to thank you for tuning into our executive order this week. We'll be taking a break for school break next week. I hope you all stay safe and healthy during this time. I know Governor Jay Inslee has like, asked us not to go home this year. So take care of your mental health and, you know, do whatever you need to celebrate the season. 
We're taking a break next week, and then we'll be coming back to talk to about the Ethnic Student Center with Jude, Chelsea, and Yana. So tune in for that.